0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the scoop. I'm your host Frank Chaparro, editor at large at the Block, and I am very excited for today's episode. Joining us on the other side of the mic, sitting outside. You look. I hope. I hope you don't get too cold. Um,
1: I got. I got my jacket. I'm ready. He's he's got his jacket.
0: (laughs) He's ready for that northern exposure. Oh yeah. The gentleman you hear on the other side of the mic is Ethan Buckman, co-founder of Cosmos, CEO of Informal Systems and president of the Interchain Foundation. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the Cosmos Network and Ecosystem, Atom 2.0, app chains, interoperability, and a lot more. But before we dive in, I would like to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Get ready for season three of the Tron Grand Hackathon 2022. With a total of $1.2 million in prizes across Web3, DeFi, GameFi, NFTs, and the newly added Academy and Ecosystem tracks, the wait is over. Tron Grand Hackathon presented by TronDAO. To learn more, visit trondao.org. This episode is also brought to you by Ledin. From Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts to Bitcoin-backed loans, Ledin's financial services enable you to benefit from your holdings today without selling your Bitcoin. Learn more about Ledin at ledin.io. Ledin, where your digital assets come to life. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of The Blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblock.co terms service. Once again, I'd like to welcome our guest, Ethan, co-founder of Cosmos. Ethan, now it all makes sense. It's all coming together. The, the reason for the name being Cosmos, Adam, you are this physics walk.
1: Something it's like that, yeah. It's in your
0: DNA. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have that background until we kind of debriefed ahead of turning on the mics. So yeah, how you know, are you w- doing?
1: I'm I'm good, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on. You know, I'm always trying to understand the universe and, and, and Cosmos is part of the general, you know, search for truth and understanding and, and, and to reflect back, um, you know, the beauty all around us. So, yeah.
0: How do you think Cosmos is part of our search for truth in the universe? <laughs>
1: uh, well, you know, computing... Bold. It's bold. It's bold, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think of it as, a, as a, a quite grand project to, you know, upgrade and, and transform um, institutions of political economic expression, which I see as, you know, an extension of the uh, emergent properties of, of the universe and where we are in this... Uh, you know, spatial temporal location of the galaxy and all the magic that's, that's happening here on Earth and that presumably we want to we want to preserve, uh, figure out how to, how to sustain at least um, at least the good stuff, you know. And so, uh, you know, tools of coordination are necessary to do that, especially amidst all the all the complexity. And uh, that's how we think about kind of what we're up to to enable, you know, really any, any community on the planet to have the tools to uh, express themselves, to, to coordinate, you know, to build systems that work for them. Um, you know, and we're coming at it from one particular angle, and we're not going to boil the ocean all at once, but uh, it seems like the thesis that, that we sort of, you know, founded and put forward some, some six years ago of sovereignty and interoperability as the way forward for internet communities um, is really proving out. And that's, that's what Cosmos and, and the Interchain thesis is really all about.
0: So walk us through folks who are maybe unfamiliar with Cosmos dissecting or stripping away some of that complexity. Give us a, a brief 101 introduction on Cosmos and Atom.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, assuming uh, people are familiar with, say, Ethereum or other kinds of, or Bitcoin or, or other kind of L1s, you know, these are, these blockchains are machines. They're they're computers. You can think about them as individual computers, even though technically they're made up of many computers. Mm-hmm. The thing they compute is is effectively, uh, you know, a, a single, single thread computer, right? Um, you know, people talk about oh, like Vitalik jokes about how Ethereum is as powerful as like a calculator from 30 years ago, or or, or something like this, right? And 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 there's a, there's been an effort to build a general purpose version of this computer. Ethereum calls mm-hmm. itself the world computer, right? And, and to host, you know, all the one size fits all kind of solution for all the world's decentralized computing needs, something like this. And the essence of, of of Cosmos is is to kind of reject that world computer and and to say, look. You know, we believe there should be many of these blockchain computers and that they should be tuned for particular applications, right? so that rather than having a single general purpose computer and everyone deploys their application on that, we, you know, we, we put forth this idea of the application-specific blockchain, where anyone can build their own application as, as a blockchain itself. Uh, and, and that way communities can have more alignment on who's running their op- application, how it runs on the economic environment, the political environment and and so on. So, you know, to get concrete rather than uh, rather than just deploy a smart contract on Ethereum, you would be building your own blockchain. You would deploy your application as its own blockchain with its own validator set. Right. So these are these are using um, proof of stake. Which is something Cosmos has played a big role in, in, in sort of bringing about and popularizing okay. and, and and productionizing, um, and this gives communities uh, and and developers and and their users a, a kind of unprecedented control over the environment, over the infrastructure, over the applications that they're otherwise mm-hmm. lacking when they simply deploy a smart contract on someone else's blockchain, right? And I sort of I sort of liken this to you know, um, to the evolution of, of kind of mainframe computers, you know, from mainframe computers to personal computers is this, this transition. Everyone is at least, you know, somewhat familiar with, even if you didn't go through it yourself, you know, there used to be big computers in the basement of HP or Dell or whatever, and everyone, you know, they were the kind of world computers and, you know, and, and, and people scoffed at the idea that individuals would have their own computers on their desktop. Like, why would they need that? That doesn't make any sense. Right. But of course what happened, we got, yeah,
0: yeah. I have a few right here.
1: Yeah, I you have some. I yeah. have way too
0: many computers. <laughs> you know, when we we use, a, the, we use them I need to connect. We computer right? detox. Yeah, yeah but so there maybe, is yeah. still this underpinning infrastructure that connects these different app chains, right? A uh, the interchain security yeah. hub. I think it's referred to as that. You know, you're still within the scope and parameters of of this security network.
1: Yeah. So, so, so there's more to unpack there. So, so to finish the analogy, you know, in the same way we went from mainframes to personal computers, but it wasn't just about everyone having their own personal computer. It was also about those computers connecting to each other over a standardized internet protocol, you know, TCP, IP, whatever, whatever protocols we use to connect our personal computers. And so in the same way, we're building these application specific blockchains or enabling anyone to have them. We refer to them as community computers rather than personal mm. computers, right? But they they relate to the mainframes, uh, you know. Like Ethereum is the kind of mainframe here, and, and these community computers relate to the mainframes. And so, rather than do all the computation on a mainframe, you do it on your community computer in a way that it can interact with and interoperate with the other community computers, right? And 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 so to be concrete, you have uh, you have right now say something like fifty different cosmos-based blockchains that are out there that are each their own application-specific blockchain doing their own thing. And they're all able to connect to each other using a standard, a standardized inter, uh, interoperability protocol that we call IBC, inter-blockchain communication, right? And, and so that allows a kind of permissionless, bottom-up, emergent topology to form between mm-hmm. these different blockchains, these app-specific blockchains, in the same way that, you know, there was an emergent uh, uh bottom-up kind of internet that formed between all these different uh computers you know some 20 30 years ago and and that's been growing since and so you know what cosmos is doing is is very much analogous it's the community computer revolution and the and the associated interchain revolution in the same way that we had the personal computer uh revolution and, and the internet along along with it and there are you know many uh um, you know many ways to think about it can can kind of be can kind of be mapped so, but it's important to understand that, you know, for, for Cosmos to succeed, the, the core essence was enabling any community to have sovereignty, right? Which, which means they can structure their blockchain, their application, however they want without but What parameters to can
0: they change, Ethan? What, when you think about what each of these yeah. communities look like, how have they structured the blockchain uh, differently?
1: Yeah. So many of them, so, so we built a framework for building blockchains, right? And we call that framework Cosmos SDK. Um, and you don't have to use it, but but that's the most popular way to do things that, that, that people are that most of the chains launch use. And that comes batteries included. So there's a lot of um, a lot of things you get out of the box about how governance works, about how staking works, the proof of stake system, delegation, slashing, and so on. And what most of the chains will focus on building are their own modules using the Cosmos SDK with their own uh, business uh, business specific logic for building, you know, decentralized exchanges or lending protocols or carbon credits, marketplaces or, you know, social impact bonds or or things like that. So it is, you know, it's the kinds of things you might build with a smart contract on Ethereum, but you're but building it as your own blockchain gives you you much more control. Uh, on the operations of the thing, and on, on on the agents who are actually operating the thing, right? It's, you have a dedicated validator set rather than than just some um, you know some random miners that are mining a generalized chain or validating a generalized chain. The validators of your application they kind of really care about your application. But then you can tweak all kinds of interesting things. And because of the way we built the stack as um, in, in in sort of layers, it gives application developers the option to tap into deeper and deeper components of. Of the technology stack to tune more more things about the system. So you know if they want to tune something about how the mempool works, or how you know uh, block propagation works, or how block production works, or certain parameters about that, or parameters about inflation, or or, or about uh, you know the distribution, or or you know they want to do hard fork upgrades and you know and and uh, and and adjust things. So they they kind of have uh, much more control over really anything, and because it's written. Uh, Cosmos applications, application-specific blockchains tend to be written in a you know a real-world programming language like Go or or now Rust. The Cosmos SDK is written in Go. It gives developers you know access to a much larger ecosystem uh, uh, of tools and and developer kits and, and and so on to actually build and test um, and test their applications. They're not confined into the world of a specialized smart contract virtual machine the way they might be on, you know, on others, you know, if they're using the EVM or if they're using, you know, Solana or some other virtual machine like that, right?
0: And if you were to sort of break down how the vision for app chains for Cosmos's ecosystem differs from maybe, let's say, Avalanche, how would you break down um, that difference
1: yeah. Uh, so I think the, the crux of it is, um, is the level of sovereignty you get as a, as a Cosmos app chain. Um, you know, from, from my understanding of the, of the security model within Avalanche, there's a lot more sort of um, integration there and sort of a larger security system you have to, uh, you have to buy into, you do get, you know, what, what, what people are kind of realizing is there's a, a broader spectrum of sovereignty, right? And on sort of one end of that spectrum is the kind of, uh, you know, one extreme is is the kind of cosmos independent cosmos app chain, right? And a lot of others are sort of exploring ways to to fill in that. Um that spectrum, including within Cosmos, we're exploring ways to, to fill in spectrums of sovereignty and, and, and to share security and so on. So we sort of start from this bottom up foundation of well, every community should be able to be completely sovereign over the over the infrastructure mm. they put up, the blockchain they put up. And then from there, using our general purpose interoperability protocol, IBC, we can start to build solutions, distributed protocol solutions that run across these co- these application specific blockchains. Um, to share security and do more interesting things, right? And that's when we can start to get into talking about the Cosmos Hub as one of these blockchains that's kind of offering its security to others. Um, We can get into that, yeah.
0: That's what I was going to ask next.
1: Awesome, yeah. This
0: whole this whole thing about sovereignty makes me think about those. I don't know why it does, but <laughs> you ever see those videos of those people who get pulled over the by the cops and the cops try to get their ID and their identification and whatnot, and they're like, "I am a sovereign individual. <laughs> I am not a part of the state." Uh huh. Have you seen any of those? I-
1: I've seen some of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't be- I don't believe in the sovereign individual, which is uh, probably a blasphemous thing to say, uh, you know, to a bunch of crypto listeners. But um, they should take me why up. On, on Why not? Why not? Well, because individuals I don't think uh, you know the individual is like a, a construction of our um, of maybe the last few hundred years or so. It's not a real thing. Uh, you know, we, we, we build them up in our heads. We build up these these egos and symbols and and imbo- uh, images of ourselves and imagine that the world could work based out of individuals. But individuals don't reproduce uh, you know, uh, they abstractly, you know, we pretend they do, but, uh, you know, they don't requires requires families, communities, et cetera. Right. So trying to reason in terms of individuals is, is, uh, almost guaranteed to lead you astray. If you're trying to think about, you know, freedom in society in, in particular, um, I think you lose a lot. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's not to say individuals aren't important or we don't need to take care of them or anything like that. It's just, uh, I think the sovereign individual thesis kind of, kind of leads us away and I'd rather think about sovereign communities. Right. Um, because that that sort of you know puts the the, the community element, the response, you know, the relational element, um, kind of front and center uh, much more.
0: And it seems to have informed your thinking on how blockchains work. Societies, when you think about what a society should look like and how it should operate, it's not that much different than how a blockchain should operate.
1: Well, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think there is. Um, you know, I, I used to give this talk about, called "A Brief History of Distributed State" about you know drawing an analogy between, um, you know, the history of kind of political organization and the history of digital network organization and how they're kind of converging in the emergence of let's call them sovereign interoperable city states, and 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 the Cosmos technology and in the Interchain thesis is, is certainly motivated to support uh, you know uh, uh, bringing that about and to be the technology that can help support the kind of. You know, new constitutional order that seems to be on the horizon. That we're all mm-hmm. kind of dancing around, you know, about the question of the future of the nation state and 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 the need for you know better representation for for citizens and for cities where you know most of the the populations live and they're still kind of underrepresented in the structure and 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 Cosmos is trying to bring that uh you know help bring that about or help give give tools to express uh to, to express that better. Um, we, we have a long way to go, but you know we think we're making good progress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. So what is the cosmos hub and how is it changing with cosmos
1: 2.0 yeah so so the cosmos hub is one among the many blockchains in the cosmos ecosystem in in the interchain ecosystem right um it was it was sort of uh the first the progenitor um you know the the, the mm. steward it kind of gave birth to this whole reality and you know recently i was i was uh, at cosmos we had a we had a big uh, you know community led um um, conference in, in, in September in Medellin, which was, you know, incredible. Uh, I gave a, a talk there and had written a blog post right before about what I call the phases of, of Cosmos, right? And, mm-hmm. and I basically proposed that, you know, September marked the transition from the first phase of Cosmos, which I call the initiation phase, to the next phase of Cosmos, which I'm calling the, the integration phase, right? and 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 there's a lot there's there's a lot involved in that in that transition and, and the hub plays a role in that that transition as well and within the in- initiation phase the cosmos hub was largely uh, largely a prototype right it had to prove that this uh, you know crazy new idea about how to build and deploy and operate and maintain and develop blockchains mm-hmm. using proof of stake using the cosmos sdk using ibc interoperating like this that, that all of this would work um, and, and 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 would be possible right And it did that, and it it did that successfully. But but in doing that, in a sense, it it kind of had to sacrifice uh, itself somewhat because for for the sort of better uh, the betterment of of the community, in the sense that like you know it's basically the only seemingly the only blockchain ecosystem that didn't try to cement uh, a single token at the heart of it that all the value would somehow accrue to, right? Um, and that, that was the design, that was like the fundamental design principle to just not do that. Uh, while everyone else is doing that, let's just not do that and do the thing that, you know, that will actually empower, you know, empower communities and build like, you know, the most useful te- technology we can. And people will go on and on about, Oh, security concerns and, and all this, all this, all this kind of stuff. But I don't think we have a sophisticated enough understanding of security yet because everyone just wants to think about security in purely economic terms in like a, you know, a, a single number of how much it all costs to attack your blockchain. Right? Well, well, blockchain security is political economic security. It's not just economic. There isn't a single number you can measure, and so you need to be, you know, a lot more sophisticated about, about thinking about these things. And that and that's part of the, the the cosmos, the cosmos idea, right? And so, you know, in that time, the initiation phase, the hub became, you know, it built a a, a reputation as a, a sort of slow, stable kind of anchor you know, in this thrashing sea of, of innovation happening around it, it was sort of the, this baseline of the prototype, the sort of archetype application specific blockchain that didn't really have any kind of fancy application. It was just the basics, right? The token transfer, the governance, you know, IBC, If it, it, it serves as an on and off ramp into the ecosystem and, and as sort of like a, a shelling point for, for coordination. But um, in, moving into the integration phase, that's starting to change, right? Because because we we completed the initiation phase, it it was successful. We shipped the white paper we wrote in 2016. It's done. It's over, right? Uh, uh, we did it, and 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 so now it's like, okay, what's what's next, right? What are we up to next, right? And so thinking about the integration phase and about getting serious about preparing the Cosmos technology stack to actually have a meaningful role in upgrading, you know, political economic expression and, and the you know institutions in society and 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 all this kind of stuff. We have um you know we have a lot of work of integration uh, uh to do. And so, you know, part of that, part of what we're part of what we're doing there is considering, OK, well, what is the future role for the for for the Cosmos hub and how should the Cosmos hub evolve? And we put together a, a proposal, a, a paper sort of describing a new role for the Cosmos hub in the integration phase to be you know, more actively a, a steward of the future of the Interchain and, and an engine for growth for it. Um, and, and to have, you know, to prove out a new kind of governance and, 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 and model, um, of politics for governing these blockchains and and, and these ecosystems and and for moving them all for moving them all forward. And so, you know, the, the, a big part of the integration phase is this new role for, for the Cosmos hub that we're working on that was sort of, you know, fleshed out in this paper, uh, which just went up for a vote. So it's now on, on chain, the community is voting on the paper proposal 82. Um, and, uh, you know, so we encourage people to vote. Hopefully the, the podcast gets out before, uh. Before uh, the vote completes, you know, um, so that so so that's exciting. But we can get into sort of what what that looks like, what the structure of of the cosmos hub in in, in the future looks like, and how it builds on. Um, on everything uh, that we've been doing so far. But but I just wanted to give that sort of larger framing of the kind of phases of Cosmos. You know, we we completed the first phase, the initiation phase. Now we're moving into this integration phase. Sometime in the future, you know, maybe we'll get to our like illumination phase where we really, you know, we go at it. Um, but but uh, in, in the... So, you know, I encourage people to, to listen to my talk from Cosmoverse as well to
0: sort of get that framing.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And so what is the next... What does the next phase look like?
1: So for the Cosmos Hub, um, to to lay out what this looks like, so uh, the Cosmos Hub is getting a major upgrade to its base um, let's say security infrastructure, and and that consists of of two things, two phrases that we throw around all the time. We call one interchain security, and we call the other uh, liquid staking, right? And people are are generally familiar with with what liquid staking is. Obviously, it's happening on on, on Ethereum and, and other places. Interchain security is uh, you know kind of more of a cosmos approach. It's one way we're looking at, as we were talking about before, sharing security over IBC over the interchain, right? So that the security of one chain can um, you know, can be shared potentially with other chains, and there's many mm. different ways to do that. And there's a lot of designs being explored on, under different, you know, uh, uh, conflated kind of terminology of shared security, interchain security, mesh security. You know, all these different, all uh, all these different kinds of things. But the kind of security, uh, the, the kind of change that that's causing to the uh, coming to the hub specifically will allow. Uh, a new blockchain, new blockchains to launch, new application-specific blockchains to launch that use the same validator set as the Cosmos Hub and use the same stake that already exists on the Cosmos Hub, the staked atoms that are, that are there by you know, validators and, 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 and delegators. And that, that allows kind of two, two fundamental basic things. One is um, it allows the Cosmos Hub to actually extend its own functionality in a sort of mm-hmm. modular secure fault isolated way so that it can it can gain new functionality within its within its economy without having to change its core right so you know I, uh, interchain security sort of functions as a, as a generalized platform for building applications above the cosmos hub using the validator set as a cosmos hub in a sort of you know very simple way that are, that just puts together all the pieces we already have of Tenement and ibc and cosmos sdk and and so on to allow you to build chains that inherit this um, uh, this security so that you can extend the functionality of the hub. But it also allows new chains to launch that don't just want to be extending the functionality of the hub. They want to just be, you know, their own application-specific chain in their own way. They want to bootstrap using security of the hub, but maybe they'll want to spin out one day and, and, and you know, we'll give them that option too and they'll become their own sovereign chain in their own right or, or they want to continue... Um, you know with it operating within the hub sort of economic zone so it's kind of a new a new platform for extending functionality and and for new chains um, to launch leveraging leveraging the security of of the hub right um, and so this for the first time opens the door to uh, a sort of more active development environment and, and development velocity in and around the cosmos hub whereas in the past throughout much of the initiation phase the cosmos hub was very slow to evolve there was a lot of uh, resistance to you know putting new functionality directly on the Cosmos Hub. It's supposed to be you know uh, a sort of conservative anchor, like I was saying, an anchor in, in in a thrashing sea. You want it to be sort of reliable and and, and trusted, and not really high security environment. Which means you know you don't want to uh, you don't want to try out too many crazy things all, all all at once, or have a sort of higher um, you know the higher development velocity you might expect in certain other application specific blockchain sort of mm. in, the, in the ecosystem. And so having Interchain Security allows the hub to kind of have its cake and eat it too, in a sense, in that it can retain that sort of secure core center but expand its functionality and and its ability to interface with others in a more uh uh, controlled way where if something happens there it doesn't affect the core you get the sort of fault isolation that um that cosmos is 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 really known for and so then so then above this this base so we have that we also have you know uh, liquid staking is coming because basically liquid staking is like inevitable everyone's just you know you just do it so it's sort of a reality you have to um you have to wrestle with, and we have a you know a particular approach to thinking about it. A number of projects are building using Interchain Security liquid staking solutions, right? For for instance, different liquid staking, um, different liquid staking solutions. But essentially, what we propose in the paper, so there's this new secure foundation with Interchain Security and 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 liquid staking, and then mm-hmm. the idea is that we can build a growth engine on top of that uh, using you know services built on Interchain secured chains that extend the functionality uh, of the hub. But we can then build hub-specific applications that will extend and service the growing number of IBC-enabled chains, right? So we propose specifically an application called the Allocator to help uh, expand the number of chains, and, and and one called the Scheduler, which services them and specifically focuses on, you know, cross-chain ordering guarantees and, and, and MEV and uh, you know, mitigating on um, uh, all this kind of stuff and providing more services there that um, that you know that that service basically the the growing ecosystem, right? And so you know that's where a lot of the the excitement has been about you know the new hub specific applications that are being proposed to be built. And then you know the last thing that kind of the, the paper kind of proposes is that okay well now to, to manage all this and to organize all this you know we're going to need additional sort of governance and you know political organizational structuring uh to, you know to make good decisions and 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 to move this all forward and and uh, you know additional treasury resources to kind of um, to kind of fund it and, and and help it succeed and so that's kind of what's proposed in the paper and you know the, the as a sort of overall holistic direction to go in and then there's you know um, months and years of development ahead to actually flesh out, out details and, and and help the whole ecosystem grow.
0: Get ready for season three of the Tron Grand Hackathon 2022. There are a total of $1.2 million in prizes up for grabs in Web3, DeFi, GameFi, NFTs, and the newly added Academy and ecosystem tracks. So what are you waiting for? Join Tron for an opportunity to showcase your work, win funding for your project, and network with other builders in the community. Tron Grand Hackathon, presented by Trondow. To learn more, visit trondow.org. I also want to give a shout out to Ledin. Bitcoin-backed loans and savings by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. As we've seen, not all digital asset lenders are created equal. Ledin prioritizes safeguarding clients' assets with its robust risk management approach. That is why Ledin doesn't actively trade or invest in DeFi yield generation strategies with its clients' assets, and only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. Ledin is also dedicated to transparency, which is why they are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation. Learn more about Ledin at ledin.io. Ledin, where your digital assets come to life. We often talk about um blockchains being their own cities in a sense we've had a few venture capitalist investors come on the show and use that metaphor. When do you think cities will be on blockchains?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I love the idea of, um, I mean, that's, I kind of mentioned that That's kind of what I'm, what I'm, what I think we're building towards with Cosmos and um, you know, I think municipal sovereignty is, is, is going to be a big problem in the, for the 21st century and, and something we'll have to um, we'll have to wrestle with. And, and, and the goal at least is for the technologies we're building, um, to support that. Uh, you know, I think, I think there's a, there's a long way to go and we're seeing some cities and different places start to experiment, um, a little bit in various ways. Uh, probably it's going to need to, you know, we're going to need to start with, uh, smaller cities where kind of the problems are more manageable or, or aspects of, of municipal administration that, you know, might be easier to kind of, um, you know, parcel out to work with this, but um, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna take time. I think we also need to we need to mature the systems more, um, and and we need to start talking to city governments more actively about um, about how we can help them, how we can in, empower them, and and their um, you know citizenry.
0: Have you talked with anyone who's an expert in terms of political governance, political science, about what that could look like?
1: Um. We've, uh, it depends on how you evaluate, you know, uh, that kind of expertise. I think, uh, you know, we, we've certainly talked to people who are who are familiar or have experience with it. Um, you know, there are certain conversations going with with folks in governments and in, in, in different places. Um, we're not actively currently pursuing a um, you know municipal uh, municipal project. The way we're we're thinking about it is actually. Um, uh, is, is, is trying to go through um, smaller or uh, associations of businesses and trying to support kind of local economies more directly. Right. Um, and this gets into some of the um, what we call collaborative finance, which, which is an approach we have to, to trying to use um, you know, blockchain technology and cosmos technology to actually support uh, the real economy. By uh, by working with with groups or associations of, of businesses to support sort of local economic trade and and to reduce the the pains involved in you know sort of managing cash flow or managing um you know managing relations in a way that that um, that blockchain specifically their kind of monetary uh, you know functions and, and and abilities can actually help and so so that's something we're we're really actively starting to explore and uh, you know we're planning to go into production with a small um small community in in the UK. Uh, next uh, early next year, um, and and sort of try to try to build up from there on 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 actually using these these solutions. But um, this is a it's it's a it's a uh, very different from the way I think DeFi and, and most people think about decentralized finance and and you know blockchains as money and and um, and all that. There's there's something interesting there, but we're kind of taking a different approach to zoom in on the sort of liquidity pains that face. Uh, small and medium-sized businesses, which are like the backbones of local economies and and how we can use this kind of coordination technology um, to support them. So I'd love to dive into in, uh, into more of that, more more how that works specifically, but um, we can also come back to it.
0: One of my biggest pet peeves is when folks are in the kitchen while I'm cooking. It gets me very, it, it antagonizes my soul in a sense. Um, but it makes me think of the expression you know, too many cooks in the kitchen is a, is a bad thing. So that's mm-hmm. my defense whenever I, I maybe pop off at someone who's hovering <laughs> over me in the kitchen. When it comes to governance in general, yeah. just broadly, decision-making, whether it's at a government level or a corporate level, how do you think about the drawbacks of a more decentralized mechanism of decision-making? Yeah. Are there certain problems, certain decisions, whether they're a government or corporate decision that are better left to be made to one individual or a few individuals rather than a decentralized community?
1: Yeah. So I think, uh, (laughs) there's, there's a lot of complexity here and there's not, there's not a single answer at the end of the day. It's it's a question of how we orient towards accountability. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so there are different arrangements, you know, if you, if you elect a dictator, but they're accountable to be, um, you know, to be to be vetoed or or thrown out by by the community, then that you know you could call that uh, effective decentralized governance. Even though all decisions are made by the individual, except for the decision to let the individual you know make all the decisions. Right. Um, that
0: and, would be an interesting form of government.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think that that exists in in in, in some places, but. Um, so, so, and, you know, people have this, uh, especially in, you know, in, in DAOs and in these communities, you, you always see this like resistance to CEOs and, you know, to, to their being leaders. And, and I think all of that, uh, you know, stems from, uh, you know, insufficiently sophisticated understanding of organizations and what organizations are made out of. And what we try to think about. So, so, you know, um, um, CEO of in, informal systems We're structured as a workers cooperative, uh, and, and we pay a lot of intention, a lot of attention, and, and put a lot of intention into how we structure our work, how we talk about our work. You know what accountability is, and, and we've actually been developing a language we call it workflow to talk about the cycles of promise making and, and redemption. Uh, you know, in one way, for instance, to understand what a CEO is doing and, and, and you know why they should be able to make certain decisions is that they're the person in the organization making the broadest scope and the longest term promises, right? And, and everyone in the organization is making promises of different scopes and, and different time horizons. And, and you need a language to actually um, to actually talk about that to even begin to think about good governance, right? So just thinking about governance in terms of like, oh, we're going to have some structure and you know, these people will make these decisions then and you know, this is how the representation works and, and all this kind of stuff. It, it, it's a little bit besides the point because uh, because lots of different kinds of systems like that can work. What kind of matters most is, is, is the culture and, and language that's used in the actual processes of governance. And that's the thing you have to kind of nurture Um, You know, and and, and you can't just build a tool or build like, you know, a single smart contract and and, and now you'll have good governance. I mean, it doesn't work like that. It's an active kind of bubbling, you know, cultural process. and, and, and we have found that something that often inhibits it is effective language for talking about the stages of promise making and, and, and redemption and being able to differentiate, you know, are you exploring making an offer? Are you actually making an offer? Like, did you make a promise to deliver on something? You know, where are you in mm. execution? And then to be able to assess and, and to constantly go through that loop of, you know, exploration, negotiation, execution and assessment um, you know that's what accountability is 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 all about. So so for us at least, it's about you know servicing that 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 language and and, and using it and and kind of building those muscles. Um, and it's less about the particular you know mechanics of the kind of governance uh, rules, let's say, that are encoded in your smart contract or, or your DAO, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Even in these decentralized systems, we have these so-called protocol politicians rise up and become the the zeitgeist or the face the 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 power behind these broader decentralized systems are protocol politicians um, a net negative for these types of systems or
1: I mean look humans are political animals so uh, you know politics is is inherent and, and natural and, and native and we should you know we should all culture and nurture good good politics right i mean good discussions good conversations where 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 people are heard and power is inevitably going to be a part of that as well and 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 the more you're you know you're able to talk about um the power and where it lies and how it's structured kind of the better right and these are all things you know we're all all trying to improve on um none of it certainly none of it is perfect it can all be improved i mean i think it feels like we're lacking the the language and um you know and, and practice of it and and the tradition of building companies and and building governments has been so far, um, far from where it needs to be in in terms of the, you know, maturity here, um, Mm. that, uh, you know, and, and so the blockchain space is sort of showing up and saying, like, okay, well, we'll do it. And on the one hand, it's it's naive because it's like, well, you're just going to ignore, you know, a few thousand years of human, you know, political economic ef- evolution and start from scratch. And then on the other hand, yes. it's like, well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> so, you know, you kind of try, try to balance both and look, okay, read, you know, read about a few thousand years of history and then try to understand where you are and try to be humble and, you know, take the, take the political animal in all of us kind of seriously uh is is i think an interesting interesting challenge ahead and and, and partially where you know cosmos is trying to position itself is like hey we we allow more politics to be expressed right like actually actually formalize um uh rules and, and and don't just let like you know um the the sort of implicit power structures dominate you get you know tyranny of the structurelessness and and and, and all this kind of thing um so that, that that's at least part of the goal and and you know we're we're hoping to be able to help mature um how we we talk about and do um governance and, and accountability kind of in general and yeah did think, you yeah.
0: did you get too cold ethan uh my, I my computer
1: was gonna die so i had to, I had to step inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so maybe walk us through then this idea of collaborative finance as opposed to decentralized finance mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, maybe I should just say just just to plug uh, all the stuff I'm talking about about accountability and workflow, we put up a guide workflow.informal.systems where we we wrote out in detail sort of how we how we work and organize and, and talk about promise making and so um, I encourage folks to check that out. That's workflow.informal.systems. On the on the Cofy front, the collaborative finance, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because all this stuff about about promise making is is everywhere, right? Um, and and money is is a system of promises. Um and and money, you know, monetary institutions are for managing those promises, and we need we need to think about what those what those promises are, and so. Our approach, you know, our approach with uh, collaborative finance is to actually look at the structure of the promises as they exist in the world, which are all the all the credit that is out there that businesses enter into on, on a regular basis when you know when they ship goods and and write an invoice and then someone owes them money because they shipped goods, right? And and so you know you might have the experience of going to the store and putting you know five dollars down on the table and then you get you know your pack of whatever right away, um, but. Uh, you know, a huge amount of trade, perhaps, perhaps most of it is actually conducted on credit, even unsecured credit, where, uh, you know, where, where, payment is due in 30 days or 60 days or, or, or 90 days or, or whatever the case may be, right? And so we want to actually look at the structure of promises and, and credit in the in the trade economy, in the real economy, and see what can be done there. And and what's interesting is, you know, we have this conception of money as, as liquidity. And everyone in DeFi is obsessed with, like, making liquidity available. Everyone wants to be a liquidity provider and, you know, come up with, you know, all these AMMs and all these solutions. It's all about, um, it's all about liquidity, uh, but that's a, a fundamental misunderstanding. Uh, it represents a fundamental misunderstanding of, of of what money is supposed to be for. Uh, you don't want to create liquidity; you want to save it, right? You want to save businesses liquidity. The fact that we need all this liquidity sort of sloshing around out there is a is an issue. It's 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 a problem. Um, it's it's a problem that, that we need to address. And so the idea with Kofi is to look at the structure of liquidity in the real of in the real economy. To look at the existing graph of payment obligations, the graph of invoices, if you will, take all the invoices and look at them and and look for patterns in the graph. Because what you can do is you actually discover that there are cycles in the graph, right, where I owe you and, and you owe Steven and Steven owes me. And anywhere there's a cycle in the real world in the payments graph, it can be cleared, it can be netted out or, or set off without any liquidity, we can all save on our cash flow liquidity requirements by just discovering that there's a cycle there right? And these, these cycles exist all throughout the economy. Um, you know, they, they, they can make up something like 10% even of um, of the outstanding trade credit debt in a, in a sort of developed economy. And so, and we, uh, our team has been, um, uh, you know, doing the research and, and development to build solutions to actually enable businesses to benefit from the existence of these cycles, right? And so from the perspective of a business, what's essentially happening is they're able to pay off their accounts payable with their accounts receivable, right? They can pay their liabilities with their uh, w- with their assets without having to first convert into cash, having to collect first, right? Um, and this can have huge benefits to um, to small business communities by saving them uh, saving them the pain of of paying their bills um, because. Because the total amount of invoices that they're owed and that they owe can just be reduced by finding all the cycles in the economy and 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 offsetting them. And nobody is looking for these cycles. Uh, they're out there, and no one no one really wants to find them. It's kind of hard. You have to collect all the invoices and stuff. But that's uh, that, that's the challenge ahead of us. And and so we're trying to focus everyone, you know, with thinking about you know the future of finance and and, and sustainable finance and and what that looks like. Look at the actual structure of unsecured trade credit in the world. That that is the foundation of, of so much of the of the trade economy and and, and of commerce, and find ways to actually uh, save liquidity there to to the benefit of all of those all those small businesses, right? Because liquidity is the thing that kills um, that kills small businesses most, right? It's not um, it, it's one of the number one reasons they go out of business is not because they're insolvent, it's because they can couldn't pay their bills because they couldn't collect, right? Um, and so focusing on liquidity saving mechanisms can actually uh, can actually play a huge role in 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 benefiting small businesses and in in laying a new foundation for how to think about the existence of liquidity and the need to create you know uh, token forms of money that can actually circulate right. So so it's so cofi is an attempt to sort of refocus us from from um, you know this problem of liquidity provisioning that, that the world of DeFi is kind of obsessed with towards this problem of liquidity saving. And of you know, looking at the actual structure of the payments graph, the actual flows, um, and 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 tuning to that, and, and supporting that, and encouraging the growth of new cycles, because that's what that's what sustainable economics really really looks like is is these cycles, and so you have to tune to them.
0: And so, what does that look like in a specific app? This liquidity saving.
1: Yeah, well, you can imagine, you know, the the sort of simplest version of this is you're a business, you sign up, you upload your invoices to the thing. Um, and uh, and at the end and at the end of every month, everyone gets their invoices back, and they're all just magically somewhat lower. Everyone's just invoices are just reduced somewhat, right? Um, and so now you pay off whatever the whatever the amount left over is, right? And so the, the so net liquidity um, can sort of can sort of be saved in this way, right? You could also imagine that that this would work for people that you know are already collecting invoices, right? So you don't have to work with the individual businesses or so on. But um, so for instance, the system that you know we're going live with a, with a project called. Uh, local loops in um in in the uk uh
0: i just want expensify to be quicker <laughs> yeah why does that take 30 days for me to get <laughs> my upgraded premium economy flight yeah uh, re- uh receipt refunded
1: yeah i don't know It's outrageous i don't know i don't know if i can help with that but well, uh, they yeah. should build yeah they
0: should build something they should build a uh expensify killer on cosmos
1: yeah maybe yeah so there's there's a lot of potential here to save liquidity in the real economy and to change the way we think about you know the the creation of money and you know i've said for a long time that that money is the killer app of blockchains but we're still so far from you know from the existing blockchain currencies playing sort of more meaningful monetary roles and actually filling you know all the the properties of money i'm I'm working on a, a a blog post series about the properties of money and sort of the role of cryptocurrencies in them and you know um uh, and sort of trying to locate where where cryptocurrencies are are actually meaningfully doing something, um, and where they're not, and and sort of what what is ahead to actually you know upgrade and, and transform and improve the institutions of money. And so, uh, you know, this liquidity saving idea I think is um, is is quite fundamental to that because it really gets to the core of you know the issues with the monetary system, the 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 dislike. Um, you know need or addiction for additional liquidity that that is just so unsustainable that that ignores the fact that the payments graph is imbalanced and and it's something we actually need to balance and encourage encourage balance in and 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 so shifting the focus towards that you know that balancing problem um, is really important and also sort of relates to you know problems with uh, you know sustainable systems more generally we, we going back to like the the sort of physics stuff um, you know, sustainable systems are, are, are systems with sustainable flows of energy, where energy can flow in loops, um, and 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 it sort of outlines a, a new way to think about what sustainable growth is. Everyone sort of knows, you know, the 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 kind of growth patterns of modern economics are just like exponential forever. It's obviously unsustainable. It's going to destroy the planet and so on. And so, you know, is it do we need degrowth? Do we need some other thing? Like, what's it all, you know, is technology just going to save us? Like, what's it all about? And so, the the Kofi approach actually actually provides a different way to think about what growth is and, and how growth can be sustainable by focusing on these closed flowing loops. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's... As
0: opposed to sort of big shocks and then growth. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Big shocks. This As opposed is, to so
1: thinking that the central bank can just print a bunch of money and that's going to like, you know, it's not its not even real money. They can just expand their balance sheet and then somehow magically the economy is going to rebound or, you know, some, some, you know, so I think central banks are kind of coming to terms with the fact that, hey, you know, QE, quantitative easing, it didn't work. It doesn't work. It's kind of a, a blunt hammer. You know, uh, we need to actually look at the, the structure of liquidity in the economy um, and, and and what we're proposing with, you know, with, with, with this COFI stuff, um, you know, might actually be a, a viable solution. There. So, so there's a paper there um, uh, that, that folks from our team published uh, a year and a half ago um, about um, liquidity saving through obligation clearing. Uh, so we can share that in the show notes as well, but um, yeah.
0: Well, Jerome Powell, if you're listening, there <laughs> exactly. you go. There's your solution. Exactly.
1: Help small businesses save liquidity, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Come on, Jay. Um, so thinking about different types of apps that you're excited about, what, what kind of apps are you excited about?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the things I'm most excited about are are these um, liquidity saving systems and, and mutual credit mm-hmm. systems and local currency systems that actually that actually work with with real small businesses and, and aren't just about you know trying to pump the value of a token, but are really actually trying to you know help people in, in the real world. I think we could use more of that. We're, we're
0: what are the name of some of those?
1: Yeah, so we're building one under uh, at informal systems under under mm-hmm. um, this collaborative finance thing. Um, there's a, there's a project in Kenya called Grassroots Economics. Um, mm-hmm. That is really interesting. Uh, that that's been building a mutual credit system there for for, for many years called um, um There's the Circles UBI system in uh, you know mm-hmm. based out of Berlin that's growing. So there's a few of them out there. I think we could use we could use a lot more. That's not to say I'm not also interested in you know a lot of these other um, systems being built. I mean I'm I'm especially interested in ones that are kind of pushing the boundary on kind of privacy technology or or scaling technology. So. Um, you know systems like uh, like Anoma and Penumbra, which are being built in, in, in the Cosmos ecosystem, are really really exploring you know new privacy primitives and are able to do so using the kind of application specific uh, blockchain philosophy that that Cosmos espouses. But they're they're building their whole you know application uh, from scratch. So I really like things that are kind of pushing the the technical boundary or are really um, you know, really helping, uh, local communities and, 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 you know, there, there's a whole, there's a growing effort of like uh, refi too, regenerative finance, right. And some Mm -hmm. things that are actually trying to address, you know, the sustainability crisis in the environment. We've got uh, a sort of flagship project in, in, in the cosmos community is, is the regen network. That's been kind of, you know, working on this for, um, for years and building carbon credit marketplace and and other kind of ways to incentivize ecological regeneration, um, things like that. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on whether Osmosis could play a similar role to Cosmos hub and capturing value?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Os- Osmosis is an amazing application in the, in, in, in Cosmos. Um, you know, I think they're also pushing, um, pushing the boundary at least on, on, on UX and on, on certain, um, you know, technical things as well. And they're, they're a huge contributor to the core. Um, uh, they've obviously, they play a role as a kind of hub in the emergent, you know, IBC, IBC topology. And I think, um, they, uh, there's certainly a role for, for them to do that. Like the idea of Cosmos was always that there would be many hubs, right? Uh, not just one. The whole point is that there, mm. there isn't just one, right? Hubs will emerge kind of organically and they'll emerge for different reasons, right? And, and, and the one we call the Cosmos hub, okay, maybe it's a bit misleading to call it the hub because there could be many hubs, but that's just sort of the, the, the nomenclature. Um, you know, is, is is just is just one, and and has a particular role. And osmosis is, you know, can be another, and ha- and has another role. Uh, and and there will likely be others. I mean, ideally, Ethereum will one day be a hub in the in the interchain. You know, it'll adopt IBC, uh, and it'll it'll play nice with everyone. So we're looking forward to there being to there there being many hubs, and and, and the Cosmos hub being being one uh, uh, among the many that you know that carves out its own niche of being a sort of long term anchor of, of of trying to support the growth and expansion of of the whole ecosystem of of being a, you know, a highly trusted source of security that is, that is made available and of sort of ordering guarantees across other, other chains and so on. So, yeah.
0: Ethan, I'm told you're a a rapper.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, is this, yeah.
0: Can we confirm this on the show? Yeah. So there,
1: there's a rapper named Tanuki uh, who looks identically like me and, and Ethan and Tanuki have never been in the same room at the same time. Uh, and they seem, Interesting. they seem to follow each other around a little bit. So
0: this is your alter. Ego? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: Everyone needs a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do like, you know, crypto nerdcore rap about, uh, I take like classic G funk, uh, G funk songs and, and, uh, you know, Eminem and Dr. Dre and, and Tupac and Biggie and, and stuff. You
0: and you, and I rap about crypto. crypto. I, I
1: adjust the lyrics, you know, to be about Bitcoin or Cosmos or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's a good time.
0: Tanuki. Tanuki. What does that, where does that derive?
1: A, a tanuki is a um, a Japanese raccoon dog with giant testicles. Uh, it's a mythical f- mythical creature in sort of Japanese lore. And, mm. it, it, you know, there, there's a book, which I, I'm quite fond of. I'm fond of the author, Tom Robbins. He's got this book, Villain Incognito, where, um, you know, there's a Tanuki that that plays a fun role and starts by floating to earth using his scrotum as a parachute. And for some reason, that uh, that kind of stuck with me. That
0: really resonated with you. <laughs> Understood. Well, next time you have a special performance in the CosmoVerse, uh-huh. let me know, and I'll. Uh,
1: awesome. I'll yeah. be there.
0: I will be there, awesome. Ethan.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything else you want to touch on before I I free you to your your drive that drive you have home, your yeah. long your long drive <laughs> back into the.
1: Into, Into the, the city. city, yeah. Into the city, the, the one and only city. Uh, no, I guess I, I, I guess the highlights just just the plug. So, workflow.informal.systems, I encourage folks to check that out if they care about you know governance and accountability and, and, and better language for that. Um, collaborative finance. Stay tuned. We'll be we'll be putting out um, more content about that. But you can check out the papers um, that sort of lay this out and and the power of it for for thinking you know new ways to think about money. Uh, our company mm-hmm. in informal systems. We're a workers cooperative. We're a core developer in, in Cosmos, building a lot of this uh, a lot of the stuff for the Cosmos Hub that that we talked about and, you know, interchain security and, and, and things like this. Um, and then obviously Cosmos, Cosmos itself. So, um, you know, a lot of exciting things happening. We're going into this integration phase and we have a lot of exciting work ahead of us. New new Cosmos hub, new new ways to do governance and, and uh, you know, new ways to relate to the real world. So we're all, you know, we're very excited.
0: Thanks for being on the show. Thanks
1: so much for having me. It was great chatting. Yeah.
0: The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.